Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Huawei is a tech giant which is most notably recognised for its growing prominence in the mobile phone market. However, in recognising the persistent threat posed by cyber criminals, the company has stated that it places cyber security ahead of commercial interests. Eager to find out more about the culture of cyber security, I invited Colin Murphy, the Senior Cyber Security Advisor with Huawei, to join us on this morning's show. Colin, perhaps you could start the interview by providing us with an insight into the size and scale of Huawei. Well, Huawei is a big organisation. It's 200,000 people, believe it or not, work in Huawei. And they operate in about 170 countries around the world. An interesting thing, actually, for me, uh, at least half of those 200,000 are in R&D. So they're a big R&D spender. In fact, they're the second biggest R&D spender in the world. The, the biggest being Alphabet, or a.k.a. Google. So they have a tremendous capability in terms of uh, investigating and innovating new technologies. And of course, many of our listeners will be familiar with Huawei from the perspective of mobile phone use. But that's only about 40% of the overall business, isn't it? It is. People will be familiar with the mobile phones or the, the watches and tablets and monitors and so on. That's the consumer business. They have another in and around 40% of the business is actually to telecommun- telecommunications equipment sold to telecommunications network operators. Um, and that would be a substantial part of the business. But they also have growing areas. For example, they, they sell enterprise technology, which would include, for example, storage and the likes. They, they have a growing cloud business. In fact, they're the second largest public cloud service provider in China, as it happens. Um, but also emerging areas like digital power, so taking power from, for example, solar farms or wind farms into the grid. They have inverter technology that does that, and also into the whole smart car space. The intelligence in many of the um, modern vehicles um, that you'd see out there would be um, technology um, designed and developed by Huawei. So an interesting company. What is their overall approach to R&D? Interestingly, in order for an organisation to kind of be able to make those kind of R&D decisions, they have to have a certain amount of kind of a strategic view of the world. So they have a very long-term view. It's an employee-owned company, actually. So they don't, they're not on the stock exchange or they don't have external investors demanding kind of dividends tomorrow. So I think that gives the company like Huawei a little bit of freedom to develop things very far into the future. So that's, I think, a unique approach. And, uh, and it, it, I guess the way it's set up allows them to kind of take that approach. But it's very much um, all about innovation, all about the future. And I mean, it's actually, there's 13,000, if, if memory serves, PhDs in there. You know, so they've got, they look for the brightest and best all over the world, wherever they can find them. Yeah, that's fascinating. And of course, you're based in Brussels with Huawei and your current role with the company is in relation to cybersecurity. So provide us with an insight into your own background. Well, when I left university in 1996 and at the time there was, I guess, there's not a lot of options on the table. It was the beginning of the dot-com boom. You'll remember it well, Carl. And the 
uh, option for me was really get into technology or get into some financial thing, you know, and, and I chose technology. And, and I, I ended up by accident, really, with one of the first cybersecurity companies in Ireland, which was in Dublin at the time, who were bringing technology in from the US, cybersecurity technology, and selling it to large organizations who, at the time, would have had the, the luxury to be able to buy that kind of thing. It would have been banks, governments, and other kind of high-tech companies. And um, I, I kind of cut my teeth back then just uh, as an engineer installing these kind of firewalls and gateway security devices, as we call them, um, encryption devices and so on, and, and um, kind of went on from there and, and traveled the world a little bit um, to various places and worked for various companies, large and small, and then came back to Ireland, I think it's about early 2000s, to um, establish a, uh, a company called Espion with two colleagues, which we grew over time to about 100 people or so. And then it was acquired by um, one part by BSI Group, British Standards Institution, and the other part by um, Exertus, which is part of DCC, PLC, actually Irish, Ireland's, I think, largest indigenous PLC. Um, and... I took a little bit of time off then and found myself in Huawei, which was just an interesting place for me to go uh, in terms of the kind of interesting things they do and the interesting technology they have. And as I said, the kind of massive R&D capacity that they have. Colin, one of the reasons I asked you to join us on this morning's programme is to discuss your approach to cybersecurity within Huawei, one of the world's leading companies. So what insights can you provide us with this morning in that regard? Well, firstly, it's interesting, in Huawei, since 2011, actually, cybersecurity is the company's number one priority. What that means is, and this is stated very explicitly by the CEO of Huawei, that cybersecurity will never be outweighed by commercial interests. There's a parallel team that has... um, authority to check and test and validate from a cybersecurity point of view every product as it moves along the kind of product itself, the development life cycle. And if there are any issues identified from a cybersecurity point of view, they have a veto right, which puts the product right back to the beginning um, and must uh, those issues identified must be rectified and um, it goes to market when it's ready from uh, as they see fit from a cybersecurity point of view, not where uh, some uh, marketing team demands it. And Colin, what are your thoughts on two-factor authentication? I'm hearing from lots of business people, especially in the online retail space, that it's actually having a really negative effect on their selling online and the number of sales and conversions that they're getting today. So is two-factor authentication the solution or now part of the problem as well? Well, you're right. It's inconvenient. And if somebody can crack that problem, I think they'd make an awful lot of money. But, you know, I think it's to it's think of it from a risk-based approach. Insofar as, let's say, a system administrator of your company who has access to all of the internal important pieces of information um, and databases and so on, they should certainly be using uh, two-factor authentication. And you, I think, in your daily life, in terms of how you access some of your more sensitive services, whether it's banking or your email, which I think for most people these days is you considered, you know, containing sensitive information, you know, you should turn on two-factor authentication. In terms of customers buying online, I mean, that's another story, depending on the value and so on, whether you want to 
force them to use something like two-factor authentication. So I would say that the best advice is to think of it in a risk as a risk-based approach. Where the what's the risky stuff? What's the high-value stuff? Let's turn on two-factor authentication for that. For other things, maybe not. And is the zero trust approach critical for good cybersecurity practices? In your opinion, we have a, a, an expression maybe in, in that we use in Huawei, which is. ABC, assume nothing, believe no one, and check everything. In other words, these days, any connection could be potentially malicious. Any system could be potentially a target. Um, and, any, and you never know who, if somebody is who they say they are. So really, you, you know, the idea that you would so, somehow blindly trust some connection or system or uh, email as if it was, you know, just because you think, you know who it is isn't necessarily uh, good practice anymore really you should take the point of view that uh, everything everything should be uh, checked all of the time and of course it's getting more and more expensive and even more difficult to get insurance covered to protect against ransomware attacks and that so what advice have you got to business owners listening this morning to protect themselves against ransomware attacks what should they be doing Ransomware attacks really go after the basics of what we call cyber hygiene, and that is literally make sure you update your systems when there are patches available. So you will know, and your listeners will know, that um, every so often on their computer or systems or phones, they'll get an alert to say, please install some updates, some security updates, and you should always do it. Uh, They're there for a reason, and they close off the holes that the attackers exploit. The other thing is that uh, you've already mentioned actually strong passwords or two-factor authentication that's really important. And I think then the third thing I'd say is just general awareness, you know, an awareness at all levels of an organization. The IT people may be more sophisticated and clued in in terms of cybersecurity risks, but they're not the ones maybe receiving the email prompting them to click the link, or they may be less inclined to do so. So there's people in finance and HR and across the business that just need to have a general awareness of what cybersecurity issues and threats exist. Um, And I'd say these days for for smaller businesses, actually, you know, cybersecurity help or expertise can be expensive, and certainly it's in short supply, which is another problem and another conversation. But there is organizations across Europe in fact, several in Ireland who offer um, CSO, Chief Security Officer, or CIO, Chief Information Officer, as a service. Um, and you can hire their services for a couple of days a month. They'll give you good advice. And you may not need them on a full-time basis. And you may not um, um, need them even on a, for a day, but a few hours a month to give good advice, to give training to your staff, to check systems to make sure all of the necessary updates and so on have been installed to conduct um, risk analysis and benchmarking against kind of the international standards of best practice and so on. So that is available uh, for smaller organizations that don't feel the need or don't want the expense of full-time help, you know. And Cullum, how does Ireland actually compare to our European counterparts on this particular front? Ireland is from a technological point of view, a very sophisticated place. And we have a very youthful population who are very uh, clued into the issue of cybersecurity. And of course, we have huge 
global technology companies operating in Ireland who have the best cybersecurity practices in the world. And of course, as people work in those places, they can take what they learn and bring them. It, it, it permeates around to other organisations they may work for later on. So actually, Ireland compares very favourably. What I would say, though, is that there needs to be, and it's underway in fairness, a very much concerted effort to link up what's going on all around Europe. For example, if something happens in one country and there's a particular attack against a particular organisation in a particular sector and the authorities or security agencies in that jurisdiction become aware of it, they can very quickly feed that information around to other countries who in turn can then feed it downwards into the ecosystem. And that's very helpful because it allows people to learn from what's happening in other places and uh, um, share that information. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Colin Murphy, Senior Cyber Security Advisor with Huawei, and it was fascinating to learn about the top-down approach which Huawei adopts in relation to cyber security. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.